Welcome to the Crocker Report Podcast. Today we're starting the first episode of a new series, Fixing the Top 10 Teams in the NFL Draft. Today we have Jacksonville, 1-15, in $80 in cap space, and a brand new head coach. Before we get into the specifics of who we're looking at in free agency, who we're looking at in the draft, let's talk broad strokes. So what's your strategy for a team that just finished 1-15 and coming into an offseason? Acquire talent. <laughs> um, blow you know blow everything up um i think i think that's that's what they you know they went for uh the jets kind of handed them them the number one pick by winning at the end of the year they went out they got their coach they have a, a strong-willed owner and i think you know they're in that mode you know this is a organization a couple years ago they were consistently in the afc championship um with bad quarterback play and um, I think they have an opportunity to turn that around. You know, we'll get to that later. But um, acquire talent, you know, uh, spend your money, you know, wisely. They have the cap space to do so. And um, don't be afraid to take shots. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Hag there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the main thing they, they need. And, um, they, I mean, they won their first game week one and then just went on a losing streak for the rest of the season. That speaks more to, I mean, is coaching involved, which they have already turned over to coaching staff, but that speaks to the talent on the roster. They're just not good enough. So pretty much at every position, you can stand to upgrade. Hey, at least they got the one. For real. That's the big winner, you know. Tank for Trevor. Yeah. I mean, my my approach pretty much is um, I'm in the mindset of I don't want to be in a rebuild too much longer, right? So it's like, you know, you have the top overall, thanks to Sam Darnold, not wanting to uh, give the Jets that, you know, surefire quarterback option. Um, but you have all this cap space. You have a new coach. You have multiple draft, you know, high draft assets. I'm looking for a quick turnaround. And if you play the cards right, if you play free agency correctly, handle the draft correctly, and Keep a mixture, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, a mixture of veterans that will buy into the uh, the new coaches, um, you know, philosophy and scheme and ideologies. That means that you can get the young the young pups to buy in as well. And this turnaround could be a lot quicker than you originally assumed when you're sitting at week eight during the season and you don't know who's going to be the next coach and Will you have a shot at Trevor Lawrence or who was going to be your quarterback? So me, I, I'm, I have an aggressive mindset. I'm going out there and I'm going to be spending some money on the on the right guys, of course. Yeah, I think if this is my team, uh, I think I'm looking in free agency to pick up just a handful of ideal stabilizing veterans and then just take some home run swings in the draft. I mean, you have nothing to lose at this stage. So take some high upside guys. And if they bomb, I mean, what are you going to do? Finish 0-16? That's a what net loss of one. So I think you're, if any team is in shape to take some big swings, this is the no, one. without a doubt. And I think they're in that mode. Um, you know, you watch guys like Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Fournette and these guys that you drafted have a ton of success. Um, and I think, you know, they want to get back to that. Cause I, you know, uh, I think when you get a taste of winning and then you fall off the mountain super fast, you're just hungry. And I think as an organization, as a team, they're really hungry um, to get back to the top. So before we talk about the players we're bringing into Jacksonville, let's talk about the players we may be losing. Um, Jacksonville, I mean, they don't have a ton of big name uh, outgoing players. They do have a couple of impact players, you know, a starting cornerback in DJ Hayden, starting left tackle in Cam Robinson, a couple of, uh, you know, mid-tier receivers, if you're Jacksonville, are you looking to bring back any of these guys? And if so, which ones? I would say, I would say the only one I would say maybe is uh, Cam Robinson. He's still young. He's uh, 25 years old. Um, they didn't get the highest level of play out of him, but uh, just for the simple fact that there still may be some upside there, he's uh, familiar to the team and to that city, so they may have an easier time bringing him back with the – tackle position in free agency it's not a whole lot of talent out there anyway so it's best to go with what you already know and then try to upgrade that position throughout the draft um another long shot i would say uh maybe sydney jones that would be on the cheap side and you're not depending on him to be a starter or anything like that you're depending on him for depth maybe so he's just, he's still a guy that 
has some upside to him. Uh, his his issue has always been health. He uh, he can't stay healthy even even uh, now. I think he ended the season with another Achilles injury. We don't know how severe, but he could be somebody that you bring back on the cheap. He could be some depth in at the cornerback position because that's really where they really need help at. The rest of these guys, pretty much, I mean, they really don't tip the scale either way. Nobody that you really just have to have back, so they pretty much can go. Yeah, I like Keenan Cole, and I kind of wish they would bring him back. I think he fits in really nicely with uh, with Trevor Lawrence, who I assume will all have number one here, but we'll we'll talk about what, that Trevor? in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he fits that sort of offense nicely. Uh, Lawrence really does like to throw it up to his taller airborne receivers. And I think uh, Cole can play that role, but he just doesn't offer enough to bring back at a veteran cost when there's bound to be – Rookies, you can get at the same price. Maybe they're interested in seeing what's at the bottom of the depth chart, too. So that that's the guy I like, but I don't think there's much sense in bringing him back at this stage. Yeah, that, may, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, Cole as a guy they'll bring in. But I think when you look at the type of receivers coming into the NFL, you know, um, I think he comp him and um, – him and Chark, they all complement. They all complement the the receivers coming into the league, and I think with Urban's offense, along with the projected number one pick, who um, we'll talk about later, I think they all complement each other very well. I think you can find a lot of speed. I think you could find um, bigger receivers, possession receivers in this draft. It's a deep receiver class, um, just like last year. Um, you just kind of gotta pick your flavor, and I think you know, they can find some good value picks uh, later in the draft. So that'll be interesting to watch and see if they go, you know, keep a receiver or not, just, just depending on the amount of uh, young talent coming to the NFL at this time. Yeah, I, I would, um, you know, when Eugene brought up Cam Robinson, we talked about it before. If you're not taking a left tackle early in this class, I'm trying to bring him back. And per Spoltrack, you know, Looking at the market value, eleven point three million for average annual salary for a four year um, four year deal. Market value four years forty five point five million. Um, that will land him at left tackle nineteen, and it will land him at the hundred sixty second in terms of uh, in, when ranking contracts in terms of price and value. So it when. You, it's hard when you're bringing in a young quarterback, you know, most likely, which we'll keep saying we're going to talk about later. We're bringing in a young quarterback. You need to make sure that you have the offensive line, you know, a stable offensive line to protect him that will allow him to be able to lean on the run game, sit back there comfortably and not have to, you know, worry about looking like Mahomes on last night. Right. So um, that that's kind of the big thing is if you if you don't if you're not in a position where you're ready to take a tackle with that second first round pick in the draft and just depends on how the how the uh, draft board falls then you may need to go ahead and, and, and I mean you have almost 80 million dollars what does it it's not going to kill you to pay a guy 11.3 mil uh per season so come I mean I'm just saying like that's kind of the best uh situation for me you know if you're going to keep anybody of course in the like I said, Sidney Jones. I was looking at Josh Jones, the safety. He's 27. Should be a um, you know a relatively cheap deal. He can play on special teams as well as help you in some uh, big dime and big nickel situations. Um, you know, as as, as a linebacker esque safety, and, and gives you some some veteran um, some veteran leadership in, in the locker room as well. Yeah, I think the Packers tried to play him almost at that linebacker spot in the big nickel uh, for a while while he was there before he got yeah. let yep. go. So we've talked about who we want to bring back from our own team. Let's talk about who we want to bring in from other teams. Um, and in particular, I think there's two interesting position groups to start with here when we have this free agency discussion. One is that offensive line. Um, if you're drafting a quarterback, number one, you sure as hell better protect them. Uh, we saw Mahomes get beat up all game. We've seen countless quarterback prospects lost to kind of the depths of sacks. And I think the other position is wide receiver. Uh, I mean, Jacksonville's kind of tearing this team down to the studs outside. So where do you start here? Um, who are you targeting out of those two? Uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm going if, – if I'm the GM, I'm sending – if I'm the you know new GM, new coach, all that stuff, new regime – I'm sending a text to an ex. Say, hey, big head. I'm hitting up Allen Robinson, man. Like, you have the money to outbid nearly anyone. 
right now. And Allen Robson at 28, he's a bona fide number one receiver. Coming off this season, 16 games played, 102 receptions, 1,200 yards, 12.3 yards per catch, and he has six touchdowns. And that's what dealing with uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles as his quarterback. Not to mention, when he was in Jacksonville, you got uh, the old regime prioritized paying Blake Bortles, who was frustrating for Allen Robson as well. So that's where I look at. Selling the, the selling point is, hey, hey, A-Rob, we can pay you the money that you want. Make sure that you're financially secure, your family's taken care of for years. We can give you the money that if you want 20, 22 mil per, we can handle that. That's not that that's nothing for us. We can do that. But not just that, we will have an offense in place that will complement you. A quarterback who's accurate, has a big arm, does not mind pushing the ball downfield and will give give you those 100-plus targets like the Antonio Browns and Julio Jones in their primes of the world. I would go ahead and pitch that to him say, listen, you're going to come in as our number one because my mindset is this. You have James Robinson, young stud uh, breakout running back who's an undrafted free agent. You're paying, you, you got a, a, a nice back for pennies, basically. And... You have DJ Chark, right? Explosive, fast, can play above the rim. But for me, I look at it, I'd rather him be my number two because you go up against the Jalen Ramseys, the Stephon uh, Gilmores, the Tredavious Whites of the world. I want them to have to focus on Allen Robinson. Now, let me get my number, get your number two on your number three corner on DJ Chark. And now we could push the ball downfield off of the play action, off the RPOs, the read options, things of that nature. And of course, well, you, if you bring back Keelan Cole or whatever the case may be, like, and then you think about the fact that they have LaVisca Chenault. Who did Urban Meyer have in a role similar to him? Percy Harvin. So I would turn him into my Percy Harvin. Use him in all different uh, facets of the game in terms of motions, orbits, ghosts, jet sweeps, you know, taking handoffs out of the backfield, right? Different, different ways of creating manufactured touches for him. And now I have an explosive offense with a rookie quarterback, albeit my O-line will be taken care of as well, and we're in a good place. So I think that, that was that's my number one option is going after Allen Robinson. Number two, I would go after Joe Thune to come in and sure up one of my guard spots from New England. I don't think he's going back. I don't think they're going to hit him with the franchise tag again. So he hits the open market. Like you said, we have almost 80 mil. Let's write some checks. I like that. I like that. You know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, last night and obviously they were injured, but and, and everybody went crazy with the offensive line play. And it's like this new thing that people are talking about. Like, we don't know that offensive line and defensive line play in the trenches matters. And I think this draft for the Jaguars and free agency, they can hit on both. Like, there's no reason to walk away from this offseason and the Jaguars have questions aside from, you know, rookie development and all that about offseason signings like you look at you know obviously Allen Robinson okay and then I have chart because we saw last night in the Super Bowl I can take a receiver out of the game I can always take a receiver out of the game I need multiple threats I would love to see them you know bring in Allen uh, Robinson or you know maybe even go after Corey Davison um, I'm not sure you know what what he's gonna do if he wants to be back there but they need another guy there and I think that's gonna be priority number one in the offseason and obviously protection up front. No, I was just saying, yeah, you got to solidify the trenches, and especially whenever you got the opportunity to. And with this, uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'll say they're like um, they're like a blank slate of a franchise. Pretty much, you got everything you want to build a franchise with. You got a, you got plenty of money. You got a ton of draft picks. The number one pick being one of those. Pretty much, you can do whatever you want. You can organization in any direction that you want to. So I would say whenever you build in the team, you start in the trenches. So you solidify the the interior of the line. And then uh, one thing I would say, don't uh, don't be afraid to go out and overspend on a player like Justin Simmons because they they desperately need help in that secondary as well. And just Justin Simmons is um, five interceptions past season. He can be a center fielder back there. So. I mean, it's free agency. They're going to have to overpay you guys, but they got the money to do it. So I say go ahead and overpay for for like a, a Justin Simmons and an Allen Robinson and then uh, maybe a Joe Thune on your line. So, so, I mean, you got the money. You might as well spend it. Yeah, well, there's good players. All, like when you look all over this offseason, I mean, you can go get you a Justin Simmons, you know, Marcus Williams. You know, they can throw the bag at some of these guys that come away with 
pieces that will be in place, good young safeties, a good offensive lineman, and good offensive weapons in general. Well, then let's move on and talk about draft. First overall pick, I think this is probably going to be the easiest and shortest discussion. Kyle Trask, Kevin Mifflin. But yeah. let's open it up. <laughs> what you got? Well, wrong. I mean, Heisman finalist. I mean, yeah, he had a bad bowl game, but I mean, let's hey, let's rock the boat a little bit. Kyle Trask all day, baby. Go Gators. No, it's Trevor. We all know it's Trevor. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. sunshine. It's sunshine. We know it. We need to see those luscious Oof. slots in Florida. And, you know, we want to see Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, you know, lighten up the NFL for the next, you know, two seasons before Urban retires. That's what we want. Um, and, you know, <laughs> hopefully that's what we get, at least two good seasons with him. It's two good seasons, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely Trevor. Um, Trevor could de- – I mean, he lives in South Carolina. Yeah, you know, when he went to Clemson, uh, which is not too far from where I am now. And the crazy thing about it is he's still pale. So maybe in Florida can get some get some tanning going, get some, get, get a little shade darker, you know, uh, liven up the skin a little bit. Uh, maybe grow a beard. That would be great for him too um, It's because they are in style now. Um, just help him out a little bit. Looks, you, know, you know, I'm just trying to help the guy out. But – it's got to be Trevor, right? I mean, that he's number he's number one quarterback on on majority of the boards. I mean, unless unless Urban says I'm sticking with Ohio State and I'm going Justin Fields, it's got to be Trevor Lawrence. He, now, he better be paying me well. He's gonna call. He's gonna call Damian and and take the beard tip, um, which I think people will hate. I, I don't know what, where <laughs> that came from, but you know, I like the uh, the creativity. Yeah, go the beard, swing man. for the fences. Hey, I'm just saying, you know, I'll, I'll come, I'll come hook him up, man. I'll, I'll get the kid right, you know. what I mean, and uh, definitely, he definitely needs a beard. His face is kind of long, so I could get the Clippers cut all that off, give him a dark fade. Ooh. Oh, oh wow, oh. <laughs> wow, hold up, hold up, you just, you just whoa, wait a minute, all the way up. You know, I think it's, I don't know if his uh, fiance would like that one. I don't think she's looking for Eminem from Eight Mile, bro. <laughs> uh, so. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the direction she was going with that, um, but now nah, I mean, listen, we all know he is. I mean, he's toolsy. He has all the traits you look for. Um, he does have some things he needs to clean up, and in the NFL, if you don't clean them up, they will be exposed. But what can you say? He is the number one quarterback in this draft, and Jacksonville is probably. I, I would not be surprised if they sent some cash apps to. Uh, to my guy Sam Darnold, like thank you, you did us a favor. Yeah, no, that's a uh, that's something I, I would like to um, you know see Trevor have. You know, I like how San Diego. I like what they did with Herbert. We saw that Oregon didn't really utilize him in the same way that he was utilized uh, with the Chargers, and you, we really got to see his entire skill set. I mean, he surprised me. I wasn't as high on him. You know, I saw him then at the Senior Bowl last year, and I, I just came away like, oh, okay, he's good. I didn't think he'd be you know Rookie of the Year even though Justin Jefferson should have won that award. I didn't think he'd be rookie of the year. I think him and Trevor are very similar when you uh, when you look at their skill set now in hindsight. And I feel like Jacksonville can take a lot of the things that the Chargers did early on for uh, Justin Herbert to have success. I think a lot of those those things would translate with Trevor Lawrence as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think me and Eugene, talked. we've talked about that a few times off air just through just conversation that that's who Trevor Lawrence reminds us of. Like, I know everybody else is like, Andrew Luck, John Elway, you know, Dan Marino, all these great quarterbacks. He reminds us very much, all these Hall of Famers, when actually you look at it from a build standpoint, from an arm strength standpoint, from a mobility standpoint, all of that, it's Justin Herbert. Like, it's legitimately Justin Herbert. So that's kind of the – that we, we've talked about that a lot. And it's, when Eugene actually brought it up, I was like, man, now that you say that, that really makes sense. He he does – like, if you bring him into the NFL and put him in a vertical offense similar to what they were doing with Justin Herbert over in Los Angeles with the Chargers, you're going to see the bombs away type of plays, those wild throws, those big-time uh, windows – you know those strikes you're gonna see those type of plays uh because that they have very similar skill sets it's just it's just weird that he gets all the 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 comps are just odd it's justin herbert i'm uh, i'm hoping jacksonville kind of opens up that playbook a little bit more for lawrence when he yeah. gets there you know clemson features a lot of first read throws and a lot of half reads and i'm really hoping that 
Jacksonville, just like the Chargers did last year, kind of opens it up and puts more responsibility on his arm and lets him flourish with a little bit of creativity and a little bit of actual I natural they will, play. Though. I mean, you look at Evan's track record with quarterbacks. I mean, he made I, I – okay, I respect him as a player, but he made Tebow look good. He does He does a, a great job of utilizing his quarterback strengths, no matter who it is. You know, when you go back to JT Barrett or whoever it may be, he – he plays to their strengths, and I think that's what good offense coordinators do. I, I feel like that's what Lincoln Riley does really well. I feel like that's what Lane Kiffin does really well. And I think these college guys that transition to the NFL or dabbled in the NFL, I feel like that's what they do well, especially the ones that have success with quarterbacks. And I think Urban's going to do that. I think they'll open it up. I think it's going to be very, you know, quarterback friendly. I think Trevor's probably going to, you know, I get, think we're actually going to get to see him, see him do a little bit more than what we saw at Clemson. He's not going to be thrown on air either, so they're going to have to mix it up. It'll be an interesting fit too, right? Like Urban Meyer's traditional college offenses were much more stretched horizontally than they were vertically. And I think Lawrence's skill set in particular really lends itself to that vertical element. So it'll be interesting to see how much Urban's willing to kind of cater to that oh, yeah, no specific skill set. I think with so many co- uh, collegiate concepts come to the NFL, we could see it. You know, I think uh, obviously I think late in the draft, there's a bunch of speed guys in here. They have Chark. Um, I think there's pieces that they can add. You know, they can do whatever they want to with this offense. Well, then let's move on and let's talk about the uh, 25th overall pick, their second first-round pick. We have our quarterback on board. What are we looking at at this spot? Mainly, I looked at uh, Alex Leatherwood or maybe uh, Tevin Jenkins, maybe uh, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, but more than likely – I'm looking at possibly a left tackle. Usually, I would I would go like an Alex Leatherwood, high upside, uh, good movement ability, and it gives you insurance on uh, Cam Robinson, who you don't know is going to develop or not. But it gives you depth and insurance on the, in the uh, on the immediate side of things. How do you feel about possibly taking um, my boy out of North Dakota State, Dylan Redunds? Am I saying that right, Redunds? You know, I you know I think he's a top forty guy, but you know I believe if if it's your second you know first round pick later in the first round, I think he has the versatility to play tackle and guard if need be. Um, and I feel like if you bring back Cam or you already have your tackle solidified, you know don't be afraid to bump him inside. You know, uh, you know may bump his his stock may may be a little rich for twenty five, um, but you know I feel like that wouldn't be a bad pick. Uh, in my eyes, as far as solidifying the front, no, that, that's a that's a good good point. For I, I don't know, I, I'm thinking I'm I'm looking at the board, and I'm like, man, now we talk about the offensive tackle, like, yeah, I'm all for it if a Rashawn Slater fell, you know, Christian. I don't think Christian Darrisaw uh, falls anywhere close to that. I don't think Slater or Darrisaw fall that far. I don't th- I don't think so either. The name, now you know, it's a it's a name that's not talked about a lot, but the name that I really like, or you know, a player I like at the office tackle spot, Liam Eckenberg from Notre Dame. You know, six six three oh five, uh, moves well, long uh, long levers, long arms, um, intelligent as well, knows how to you know pass off and pick up uh, twists and stunts, and he's he's solid in the run game as well, um, being able to 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 seal the edge. And good reach blocks as well, from what I've seen on tape. So that's a that's a guy that I could see um, if I want to go O line. Now looking at some of their draft needs, though, I mean, look at some of the team needs overall. They need a cornerback, you know. Why, of course, we talk about wide receiver. Need to add to that position. Maybe I, I think that I would look at safety as well. I mean, you got Trevon Morig, Andre Cisco. You got different guys like that. So there, that second round pick is going to be. It's going to be a, a, an interesting one to watch for uh, when we get to the draft in April. So I guess let's take a step back quick. Are we specifically targeting offensive tackle? Like, obviously, I think it's okay to reach when you take a franchise quarterback number one overall and you have a shaky line. Reach yeah. to protect them. You know, you don't necessarily need to milk the most value out of that specific pick. But when you are 1-15, in 15, does it make more sense to take that reach if it is one? Or take, you know, maybe a pass rusher who falls, a Gregory Rousseau, who everyone loved at the start of the season, uh, Jalen Phillips, um, maybe one of the wide receivers that takes a little bit of a tumble. Are, so are we sold on offensive tackle, I guess? 
I believe with with young quarterbacks, you know, obviously you want to make sure that that's 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 shored up. Um, and I believe, you know, if we're basing it off of they signed Allen Robinson, so let's say they signed Allen Robinson, they have you know their their receiver that one and two solidified, um, and at the twenty five spot. I don't really feel – I feel like the corners are going to be off the board. I feel like the top three corners are going to be off the board, possibly four. So you could possibly see, you know, maybe, a, you know, one of my guys I'm start, I've been seeing a lot and I've watched this film and I like him, a Newsome at a North, Northwestern. Um, but I think offensive tackle or offensive line in general is something you have to look hard at. Um, but I wouldn't be afraid of a Jalen Phillips. Like, Damian, you mentioned earlier, you tweeted him out, or a Greg Russo, if he falls or – um, whoever it may be, I feel like a good d- defensive lineman, you know, to compliment um, our boy out of Kentucky. Um, um, Josh Allen. Jo- yeah, I feel like that wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, but I just feel like the most pressing need following free agency would just be to shore it up. So it's not a major issue three years from now. Yeah. The edge is, the edge is, um, is interesting, too, looking at the pass rusher. Remember last year they drafted Caleb on Chase on. So it's like, granted, but like Hack said, if they were to pick a Jalen Phillips or – a Gregory Rousseau, those are two, those are two long, versatile rushers where you can get as much athleticism and speed on third down as possible, kicking them inside at the possible three tech and let them rush ahead of the guard with uh Kayla Vaughn and Josh Allen on the two edges and, and get the best out of it. I get the best out of your rush, kind of almost like the uh what 2000 the 2007 and later Giants with the NASCAR package uh going kind of wide defensive end speed coming pinning their ears back going downhill towards the quarterback so if they wanted to go edge those are the two guys that would probably make a lot of sense in terms of thinking about you know whoever is the, te- the texans quarterback you know in that division um and of course you know that indy's looking at quarterback as well so you want to get after you know you want to get after ryan Tannehill also whenever you know you're in those passing situations as well so that yeah i mean I, I said we can go. We we definitely can go OT on here, uh, offensive tackle, and make sure that Trevor Lawrence is protected, and that you know, because I mean, we got more picks to go, right? A lot more. <laughs> <laughs> and is this a potential trade down spot if you're Jacksonville to accumulate further assets? I would say I would say it is, uh, because say somebody uh, say somebody falls, say uh, a quarterback falls, or say somebody wants to jump up and grab a running back at the end of the round. There, I mean, Jacksonville is the perfect place. I mean, really, Jacksonville is the perfect place to move up or down in that draft because they have so many picks. But uh, being in like that that late first round pick, that's that's like prime position for teams to want to jump up to uh, grab a guy that's that's sliding down. Yeah, and when you look at premium positions, you know, you look at you know quarterback, corner, you know, defensive end, you know, you look at those spots. They're, you know, they could draft another corner, but they drafted Henderson last year. Um, they have their, their pass rushers. They have Allen, Chase on, you know, they have, you know, the athletic guys, Miles Jack, you know, at, at will. At that point, you could trade back, you know, or you can, you know, possibly go get you a guy you really like, maybe a Collins or, you know, you know, a linebacker possibly. I just don't feel like a safety is going to warrant number 25. So it is realistic that if they don't feel like they need a, a trade up for whatever reason or a trade, trade or draft a tackle, then they could trade out of the first round because somebody's going to want to hop into the first round and grab somebody, whether that be a receiver, whether that's Bateman, Terrence Marshall, Rondell Moore, somebody sitting there. A team's going to want to jump into the first round, and 25 is a perfect place for somebody, aside from Jacksonville, they don't really need it. You know, they have the premium positions pretty much locked up. So for this exercise, let's say we're not trading at all. What is the one name we're taking here at 25? We're we're agreeing it's a going O line, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. so O line. <sighs> so I did the little mock draft simulator thing, and um, my my options at at tackle was kid from Oklahoma State, Jenkins. Yeah, Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, Tevin, Tevin Jenkins and Alex Leatherwood. I chose Leatherwood, um, just just for the uh the simple fact that he's got that uh, inside and outside versatility. Uh, so that way, if he doesn't make it at tackle, you can kick him inside the guard. So I went with uh, Alex Leatherwood. I'm not mad at that one. Um, I think that's a big thing right now. Yeah, I think I think 
if Leatherwood's in there at 25 and you just you happen not to move out, you know, then go ahead. take You can take Leatherwood. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm good with Leatherwood for sure. So let's jump eight picks later and we're back up on the board. First pick of the second round. What's this sort of situation looking like? Are we still kind of looking in that offensive uh, lineman direction? Or are we kind of opening up to best player at this point? I think you go linebacker or safety in my eyes. I say best player. So you, you, you say best. So if, let's see, who might be available into the first round? there? Because there's a ton of guys who I wouldn't necessarily say are top 30 guys. But there's a ton that I would say 30 to 60 so let's say we've got like uh, Jalen Phillips and Ojalari, Nick Bolton, take your offensive lineman of choice. I don't think those guys are even touching the second yeah. round, being honest. With you. But, if, but they, if they are, I'm ta- yeah, if they are, you know, you know, I think teams would be jumping for joy if if those two are available. I just I, I had to look back at our draft order real quick to see it. Our I wanted to make sure we still had two second round picks, which we do. So I'm going to wait on the guy that I really want in the second round for us here. So I'm a, we can go. Um, like I said, with the edge. Um, do you? Is there any chance that Tra- Travon Morig falls to the second? I would go. Sa- I would go safety. A hundred percent. I think. I think there's a good chance Morey goes in the second round, just because if you look at where the safety started falling last year, in with the first pick you had McKinney at thirty six at safety, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was a run on safeties. I feel like safeties and running backs are, you know, their value are kind of being treated similarly. Unless you're just a special talent, you're not going to get that first round top twenty, you know, consideration. I feel like Morey wouldn't be a bad pick. I feel like Javon Holland. Yeah. Um, and I love Andre Cisco's, you know, range, you know, his his athletic ability. I wouldn't be mad if either one of those guys were, were picked, you know, early 30s. I think that's where they're going to fall. I feel like that would be a good pick for them. Would you consider going offensive tackle again here? You know, Raidens is probably still on the board. Cosme might be. You know, there's a couple of guys in that tier. Do you consider doubling up at tackle right off the bat? Uh, that That's risky there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you because you can, the thing about the the second round is you can find really, really, really good players like franchise changing players in the second round, and especially in the deep draft, uh, some of these guys are getting pushed down. So many risers because of the valuation uh, period is, is being you know messed with right now. So a lot of these guys aren't being seen until later. I don't feel like you would double dip for a tackle right now. I feel like you take your guy, you sign your guys in free agency, possibly look interior, you know, uh, you know, possibly. But I would go safety or linebacker at this point just to try to get some young blood in there. There's a lot of talent at the linebacker group when you look at, you know, after Parsons goes off the board. Um, I feel like, you know, Bolton, Bolton's there. Collins, you know, could possibly be there. But I think he sneaks into the first round if they see him run at 260. Um, but I think safety at linebackers is definitely the pick right here for the Jaguars. So when it looks at this, the linebacker position, we know we have a stud in Miles Jack, right? Mm-hmm. But in Joe Schobert from, uh, I think he was with the Browns, he's solid, right? He's a solid depth guy, but he's not, a, he's not that game changer that would fit better with Jack. So looking at linebacker, right? We talk about Nick Bolton. Um, we got Cameron McGrone on the board. Chas Surratt and our guy, you know, one of our guys, Jabril Cox. Like we, we could really add some juice to this front seven in terms of being able to cover, uh, be able to hit and run, sideline to sideline coverage as well, which is something we need to do. So which linebacker are we going with here? I feel like you were upgrading. I think I would go with a strong side guy, mm-hmm. you know, who's versatile. So I wouldn't be afraid. I don't I would almost want to go Chaz. Yeah. I feel like his athleticism, um, he has good size. Uh, and honestly, you know, there's a couple picks in here. There's a couple picks in here you can go with. I like Chaz, or uh, I don't necessarily think uh, Jabril Cox is the guy to – fit, uh, His yeah. physicality isn't there um, for it, but I wouldn't be afraid to go Chaz here. Yeah, and then you think about you pairing Chaz and Miles Jack together on the field. Speed. Exactly. You saw Levante David and, and Devin White last night, and you know, great point, great point. And you never have to take them off the field. It's no, it's no offensive formation where they're at a disadvantage because they can cover, and and they can uh, run and chase. So I would say, yeah, I think Chaz is uh, would be the uh, excellent fit right there. 
that that just makes your your front sevens just ridiculously fast. It's solidified. Yep. Yeah, I mean later on, what we one thing we'll need to do focus on and not not the next pick, but depends on who's on the board. But picks after that, making sure that our interior D line is um, solidified. Because you think about, like you said, we looking at last night with Devin White and Levante David. What made what made it so much easier for them having Vita Vea and the Dominican Sue on the interior, commanding you know a lot of coverage to them. And keeping them clean, kind of like the Haloli Nata Ray Lewis type of relationship. Keep your linebackers clean when you got uh, you know defensive linemen. So and definitely uh, look for, to target that somewhere in this draft. But definitely Chas Surratt, I like that with our, with with this pick. All right, well we, it's not long until we're back up on the board here at number forty six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have oh yeah, I'm waiting on this. We one. have our star quarterback. We have our. You know, offensive lineman with some versatility. We have a new linebacker. What's uh, what's at forty six? What are we looking at here? Let's let's look at the offensive side of the ball again, guys. I'm about mm-hmm. to say, yeah, let's get some weapons. Yeah, this is where I would prioritize weapons for Lawrence. I think. And I'm gonna tell you the name that was on my mind. I'm looking at I'm looking at tight end Brevin Jordan. You better. I, I knew you. Yo, <laughs> look, in look, my so head, I was. I, <laughs> I'm telling so you, I was I, I was thinking fire move fire was gonna probably be off the board. Prior, but if he's there, take him. But in an ideal situation, if Brevin Jordan falls to the Jags, I feel like that'd be a great move and a great weapon for mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Yeah, but definitely. go ahead, Damian. I, I'm, I, I was thinking about that with, with our previous pick, and I was like, ah, nope, I can wait on it because we got we got a second, we got another second. Let's let's hold off on it. But six three two two forty five. Uh, got you know good speed, explosiveness, um, solid route runner as well. But he's great after the catch, very strong with breaking initial tackles, and he can he can navigate and own the middle between the hashes. While Allen Robinson and um, DJ Chark command coverage on the outside, and of course can't forget about LaVisca Chenault doing pretty much everything we we ask him to do and being that versatile piece. So Brevin Jordan is going to get a lot of single coverage. And one thing about Trevor Lawrence, up the seam, if you watch his tape, when they do the, the little uh, pitch play action, he goes right to the tight end every time because it's there. It's open in the seam in the middle of the field. I think that's how you maximize and create a really unstoppable offense in terms of just raw – in terms of raw talent – like we legitimately can have one of the better offenses once Trevor Lawrence starts to get it rolling. Some t- probably mid-season, late in the season, because he is going to be a rookie. I mean, we can't just think he's going to beat Justin Herbert right out the gate or Joe Burrow. But if he does, great. But this is a pick right here that really kind of solidifies this offense because we have the speed on the outside, the number one receiver, the do-it-all, interchangeable piece with Visca. But now we have our tight end, and now we can attack you in every which way possible. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Even and even if they if they wanted to even add some more weapons in free agency, uh, another guy I forgot about, uh, Gerald Everett from the Rams, is a uh, free agent. He put up some solid numbers playing behind Tyler Higby. And he's a similar player in the mode of, well, I would say Brevin Jordan is a similar player to uh, Gerald Everett, both athletic, nice size, and can run after the catch. They could, I mean, they could reasonably get both, and then and then they'll have a nasty twelve personnel package. But um, yeah, I would say yeah, tight end is the move at this at this point. And there's a lot of tight end talent in this draft. Like when you look at, you know, like you look at um, your boy Yaboa. Um, when you look at, you know, McKitty had a great senior ball. When you look at Hunter Long, Brevin Jordan, like all those guys are going to be available from this pick, you know, until about, you know, anywhere from 100 or so, you know. So I think if you if you really want to, I mean, you can go get another one later if that's something, you, you know, in a crazy world. But I think tight end is definitely the move here for uh, for the Jags. You know, give Trevor a big security blanket that can hurt people up the middle of the field. Quick dark horse name at tight end if we want to double dip later on. Tommy Trimble from Notre Dame, one of the best blockers in this class. And I think that he he was very aggressive and he's underutilized in the pass game. So we can really run that 12 personnel because I believe Brevin, you know, watching this tape, he's not a bad blocker either. So we could legitimately have we, – we can attack defenses so many different ways. So is is, is that saying, you know, Tyler Alfred's gone? Yes, Yep, we saved that money because we do have him on the club option, so we can cut bait. All right, well, I mean, that's a, I think that's a pretty quick and easy discussion there then to get with Jordan. So let's move on to the third round. 
you know, we've we've done a nice balanced job here of adding some protection, adding a weapon. What's uh, what's the third round look like? I think you need to go safety. If the, if a guy's sitting around, what pick are we are we sitting at at this point? Sixty five. At sixty five, Cisco. Maybe you think Cisco lasts that long? I think there's going to be a, a run on safeties. I feel like you know when safeties and running backs come off the board, everybody starts triggering. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's one of them positions where everybody's like, okay, let's wait to see who goes first. Who's going to bite? Who's going to go take Moreg first? Who's going to take, you know, Holland? But, um, you know, I think a guy that would be good for him is, you know, I don't want to butcher his name, who could possibly be available, is Talanoa Hufanga. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. From from USC. You know, um, I like his game. You know, he's a playmaker. You know, he's I don't think he's as fluid as some of the other guys who were going to come off the board earlier. Like, I think Cisco – you know, Moreg, Holland, Grant. But I think he could be sitting there, and I think he'd be a good tone setter and a playmaker for a Jacksonville defense that, you know, you know, they can pair back there with C.J. Henderson. No, I, li- I like that. Would this be a spot where you look back at offensive line? You know, you've got like a Creed Humphreys probably sitting right around here, maybe a, a Quinn Minerts, uh, if, if that's the way you're going. Is this a p- potential another lineman spot? I feel like Creed – probably go yeah he had a really good senior bowl i feel like he might get snatched up before us before we get a chance to grab him i don't think he makes it out of the second round honestly what about um i talked about earlier with the d line like trying to make sure that we because our looking at looking at our lineup especially in our base i I was i'm not too you know doug costin 6'2 295 um, you know, Daniel Ukule, 6'3, 300. I want to, I want to add some beef, you know, add, add a little bit of, you know, a l- little bit of size up there. I'm looking at Tyler Shelvin from LSU. It doesn't get much beefier. No, no, it really doesn't. And he's quick off the ball for a guy his size. So you think about what we talked about earlier, just making sure that our linebackers are clean, uh, with Chad Surratt and Miles Jack, allowing them to roam and run free. Maybe in that third in that third round in this third round we can take a Tyler Shelvin, place him inside. He's a two gapper. Um, he's going to he can demand and command uh, combo blocks and double teams, which will leave our other guys one on one to wreak as much havoc as possible. What you guys think about that? That could work. Who who'd you um, comp him to? Uh, Vince Wilford. Vince, yeah. You know, you you throw a big guy in there like that and clog up the middle. And if you know, I think I always I'm always a fan of stuff in the run. So um, I wouldn't be opposed to you know shelving being grabbed at that point. So would you prioritize a space eating big or more of a penetrating style like a Davion Nixon or something like that? Well, I, I love Nixon, and that was a guy I looked I at too. before you you know you just mentioned him. But I I think they're gonna be able to generate enough pass rush with with all the speed that they've they've acquired over the last few seasons and their backers aren't necessarily the biggest i think they're one they're gonna want a guy that can eat up that space yeah definitely definitely i thought about j2 fele from uh usc 63315 but when i once i realized i looked at the board i was like tyler shelvin and i'm a big tyler shelvin fan just like i said being able to to clog those running lanes command double teams he can push he can he can be a presence and pushing the pocket as well from the interior like he's he's a player that can develop very well for us. Yeah, and I would say their their other uh, starting defensive tackle, Taven Bryant, he's not big of a guy. So you get Tyler Shelvin, he's going to take on double teams. That just frees up Taven Bryant, who's more of a up the field type of player anyway. And then that just gives even more space to you guys on the edge. So I would say I would say I would go for the bigger uh, defensive tackle. Okay, Tyler Shelvin it is then. Um, now, this is the first time in the draft that we have a really big gap between picks. Mm. Yeah, you know, We're coming back up on the board at 105, so 40 picks later. Who are you looking for here in the fourth? And we have two fourth-round picks, 105 and 120. So this has to be a safety, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if we haven't acquired one at this point, I think it's kind of a necessity, mm-hmm. possibly. You know, a Florida State guy uh, comes to mind. You know, he's versatile. Um, I think he'll be there. I think when you see Hamza, um, Nasir Dean, I think he's a guy that, you know, he's long, he's athletic, he had first round buzz, you know, coming into the season and, you know, you know, being banged up, I think his stock kind of took a hit. And I think that would be a great pick if, if he's there and I think he might be, um, I think that's a good pick. That's a steal. Yeah. I feel like if you can acquire yeah. him you know, in that secondary with that defense, like your defense is screaming 
fast, athletic guys. When you look at C.J. Henderson, Miles Jack, we drafted Chaz. You know, I, I just think you know that just adds a different element to your game. Yeah, I, I love I love that I love that pick there because he's versatile. You know, whether he can play, um, you know, man, you know, under underneath in the robber type of role, and we could we could use him the, the man up some tight ends, uh, especially in the red zone. You know, use him in a lot of different ways. And I like that a lot. 6'3", 213, 215, uh, nice, strong build. And one-on-ones, I mean, against receivers, he struggled, but not as much as you would expect from a safety, in my opinion. I think he held his he held his own against some of those shifty route runners um, in Mobile. But now you, you think about putting him against tight ends who are going to run far less quicker and sharper routes than those receivers. I think this is legit a steal. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what I would say. That's where he would that's that's where he would uh excel at. I say you use him to erase all these tight ends, all these move tight ends. He can match up with them out in space and out in the slot, and he combat them at the catch point with, with the length that he's that he has. Well, then let's move on to one twenty nine, our second fourth round pick. Um, we've gone back to back defense here. Do we switch back to the offensive side? I think you reach into this deep receiver class and just go grab your guy at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. There's guys who I really like when you look at, you know, Daz Newsome, you know. Yeah. I think guys like that may be Mm. sitting there for the taking. Or maybe, you know, maybe even go get you an Amari Rodgers, you know. uh, You know, somebody sitting there that could could cause havoc. You can put them in the slot, you know, and they can hurt teams because you have Chark, you have Allen Robinson. You took a tight end earlier, and I think it kind of adds to the type of receivers that, Urban is used to working with that Trevor's used to working. Why not go get one of Trevor's boys and, you know, Amari Rogers mm-hmm. sitting there at a hundred and, you know, something and, and you have that chemistry down from, from the jump. Well, I was thinking I was, I, I had just looked at Amari Rogers. I was like, will he last that long? Like, do we, I was like, but yeah, he probably will. This is a deep class. So yeah, he definitely should be on the board. The other name that popped up. So I was looking at Amari Rogers. I thought about shy Smith from South Carolina. And then I thought about Jalen Darden. When you talk about that that slot machine, um, ridiculous expo- explosiveness, uh, very hard to tackle in space, change of direction is is legit. So you put him in the slot and just choice routes, underneath routes, allow him to just catch and run. Um, same way with Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers just has a bigger, stronger, more physical frame. And I mean, both are kind of, you know, Amari Rogers plays a little bit better above the rim. Than Jalen Darden does as well. So either way, we we can go in either direction. Um, so I'm fine with either one, to be honest with you. So is that the specific style of receiver you're looking at, or would you almost look more at the perimeter sort of receivers? I think when you look at you know you look at what you have outside, right? You have Allen Robinson, you know, though Chark, he's a deep threat. Mm-hmm. I, and I have Chenault. He's my my gadget guy, short guy. You know, he can hurt people. He's a weapon. Um, I think you need. You need one of those four-four guys, those slot guys, those guys that can hurt, that makes team respect you, that I can RPO people to death with, who are used to it. I think that's the type of guy that you have to go get, um, especially considering the fact you drafted Trevor Lawrence. Um, I've solidified, you know, multiple offensive holes. You know, I have weapons now. I just need that last piece, that fourth receiver, to really bring it all together. And I think that that'd be a great pick for them. And just and just to demonstrate just how deep this wide receiver class is, we just named all of those guys. It's still you can still go with a guy like Anthony Schwartz from Auburn or uh, Wap Filer from Indiana. And imagine Tutu. Imagine Tutu yeah. sitting there, like exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and if you wanted to gamble, you could gamble at this point on Tamarion Terry, and see if you can make him into something. And like it's it's. If you want to go wide receiver, it's a you got a legit like five options at every pick. Yeah, I made my top twenty receivers list the other day, and it was I was I struggled. Like after yeah. like yeah. after yeah. like thirteen, I was like, what am I doing? Like, how do I not have this guy in my top twenty? Mm-hmm. Like, hold on, let me go back and grade. Mm. Like, I mean, we legit could because, like I said, having Visca and when we go to four four wide, five wide sets and give Trevor like a, a empty, you know, we go empty. And yeah, we got Visc. We have Visc in the slot on one side. Like I said, the main thing. You I mean look at what what the Kansas City Chiefs are? 
They're a track team. They're explosive. There's so many, there's so much speed everywhere. It's, whether it's Byron Pringle, who's had, who has speed, Demarcus Robinson, um, Sammy Watkins, you know, Miko Hardman. There's speed everywhere. So adding a guy, um, you know, adding either Jalen Darden or Amari Rogers or one of those, or Tamori and Terry, whoever, and placing them in the slot predominantly in our offense. Yeah, no, like teams are. Teams are legitimately going to have to going to have to focus on installing zone packages because it's just like how do we man across the board knowing that Trevor can run as well. So it's like if, if we if you go straight man and you play too high, you don't have a spy and Trevor can hurt you with his with his legs and get that extra ten to fifteen yards with his mobility. I mean, heck, he can get you more. Ask Ohio State from the year prior when he when he what was a 50 60 yard run for a touchdown like he he can make those plays so it just makes our offense even more of a matchup nightmare so at this stage there's clearly a little pocket of this specific archetype which one is your favorite i think chemistry like that's really going to be important for a young quarterback and that's the only reason amari rogers popped in my head like for that specifically if he lasts at that point I feel as if they're going to want to make Trevor comfortable. Why not go get a guy who's been a three-year starter at Clemson that he's won with, that he's played with, that he throws with every day, that he's going to be thrown with at this workout coming up that he doesn't have to participate in? You know, why not go get Amari Rodgers? If he's sitting there and I'm missing that one last piece to solidify my offense, go get him. You know, Go get him. Yeah. Make your quarterback yeah, happy. I'm, I'm with that. That chemistry is going to be big, especially early on. Both, you know, in their rookie careers, they they walk in the training camp like, I know you. Like, we, we know each other. We have that for years. Like, I know what routes you run well. I know wh- when you're going to break, how you're going to break, when you want me to release the ball. That chemistry is already there. And it's going to be big. While he builds that chemistry with Allen Robinson and DJ Chark and Visca and Brevin Jordan, he walks in the camp confident in those 11 on 11s knowing my guy's out there. And if I can't if I can't get the ball downfield, I can always bring it back to him. So in round five, we're double dipping again with 144 and 169. What sort of position are you looking for here? Have we addressed cornerback yet? You know, that wouldn't be a bad one. I think um, cornerback or running back at this point. You know, I know we have yeah. our guy, but you need to. I think a nice complimentary piece at running back would be I think a really solid addition here, whether that's somebody like a JV, uh, Javion Hopkins. Yeah, definitely adding a, um, a secondary back to this to this backfield is uh, very important. And I mean, there, there's a lot of got Puka Williams, you got CJ Maribel from Coastal. A lot of backs that their names aren't high on many lists. Um, you know, because this, I mean, this this running back class is a little top heavy, but there's going to be value in those later rounds. Um, like I said, you know, CJ Verdell, Elijah Mitchell. When you look at, you know, um, I think from a pass catching standpoint, which James Robinson, which I did a small thread of him on Twitter, he can catch the football, but you want to get that change of pace. I definitely, fifth round, I have, I really believe Javion Hawkins with his explosiveness and his speed mm-hmm. is going to be there. And I don't think they bring back Chris Thompson. Who's a you know a veteran pass catching back? Uh, he he just continues to get nicked up with injuries, um, and I think he's like third on the opposite side of thirty, which is you know kind of usually the, the the wrong thing to the wrong area to be in when you're dealing with injuries. Is the wrong side of thirty? He's gonna be thirty one, uh, maybe thirty two. So I look at a Javion Hawkins or Puka Williams to come in and be that change of pace back who we can run some of those RPOs, the inside outside zones, um, but also lining them up in the slot. And start, you know, running some of these motions, uh, the little the, the touch pass with them, pretty much a jet sweep. Uh, they just kind of want to give a completion to the quarterback now with that. And just get some speed out there. Get some explosiveness in that backfield. And, and like I said, creating more and more mismatches and, and just being a nightmare for defenses of coordinators to figure out how do I stop all of these pieces right and then that's 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 the main thing so i mean i'm i'll lean to javion hawkins that that speed and explosiveness is is home run yeah he's a guy he's a guy i'm real high on you know i just released my running back rankings and he was a guy I had a seven you know he opted out this year but he's a guy that averaged over six a carry and he can't take it to the crib at any point and uh that's that's why i'm so high on him 
What a group of talent Louisville had there, man. With Tutu and Dez and uh, Hawkins, I mean, wow. It's a lot of speed. It's crazy. A lot of speed. Well, you know, two of them will be available here at at 169, possibly. Um, Tutu and Dez. Does a wide receiver interest you? I know we've uh, what got one receiver and one pass catching tight end in here. Does that is that a position you target here? That that would be reaching, especially. Um, I think when you when you can find a guy, this is like the time where you you find a steal at corner. Yeah, I feel like uh, what what are we picking at this point? One sixty nine. DJ Daniels. I, I like what he. I like what he he gets beat. But I like his his I like his long arms. Like he's aggressive. Um, I think you know possibly you know maybe a a Taylor um, Keith Taylor yeah, from you know Washington. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that, you know I, I grew to like after watching him at the Senior Bowl. If he's there, I wouldn't be afraid to take him. Like he has the he has the makeup of a guy who you look up and he's played nine years in the NFL. Yeah, and you're like, man, he was he was real steady, and I uh, I really like his length. I like his game. Um, and so he really he he bumped up in my eyes after his senior bowl performance and after going back and watching his film. So I think that'd be a good pick if he's there. I feel like he would take a Keith Taylor. Another name I wanted to throw out was Trey Norwood from Oklahoma. Another, um, you know, another yeah versatile corner. He's had you know um, he had a I think a non contact knee injury. He missed the whole twenty nineteen season, but he was outside corner in twenty in twenty eighteen. Uh, he's played 19 games overall. He said play inside, outside. Uh, he he was kind of kind of slim um, early on, but I think he he to me it looked like he bulked up a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Looked a little bit bigger than he did in 2018. Um, so I, I think that is probably uh, you know, and I think he'll probably be more of a off coverage kind of play catch coverage type of slot corner. If we don't go with the big, I, I mean, me personally, I would pref- I don't know, I would prefer Keith Taylor. Uh, to pair with C, uh, with, with CJ Henderson, and now we get back to what we had a couple years ago, right? You had your yeah. Jalen Ramsey, your, your AJ Bouye. You had your two young, athletic, physical corners that you can trust on the island, and I think that's what we can build with those two on the on the outside, and then we can just mix coverage on the inside and force teams to throw at our at our long, lanky, athletic corners. Yeah, like a guy that I was gonna mention, actually two of them. Like when when you at this point in the draft, um, I was I would say I would look at guys that that can match up athletically. They may not be where they should be skill wise, but if they got the traits, then I'm depending on my coaching staff to coach them up. So I would look at maybe like a Robert Rochelle or uh, this uh, one kid from USC, uh, Elijah Griffin. He's a little bit light, but um, he's he's very twitchy, very fast. I would look for traits guys and those guys that uh, that come to mind as well when we had this in the draft. So realistically, based off of this film this year, does Sean Wade fall this far? No, no way. Look, real, look. If you grade his film this season, Oof. realistically, what what do you grade him? I'm I, off his film. I'm I'm putting him in the fourth round. Okay. And I think he's going to test well. And now that's yeah, he's going to test well. He's got the measurables. So I mean, I'm looking at I've I've completely removed him from my cornerback. I've I've put him in safety rank. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. So just judging, I'm so I'm judging him by a safety. So I got him maybe in the third round, but that but that's only because I've removed him from from cornerback to safety. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so are we gonna go Keith Taylor here? Yeah, is that is that yeah. what we're? He really impressed me down in Mobile, so I, I really liked what I saw from him. So now we're in the seventh round. Two more picks. What sort of players do you look for here? Because I've always thought, you know, the later you get in day three, just pick as many possible traits as mm-hmm. you can and see what yeah. sticks. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the splatter shot approach. Mm-hmm. So who are you looking at? It's that kind of criteria down here. Say interior offensive lineman or interior defensive lineman. Yeah. Um that that's not a uh you know, that's not a that's not a position where you're gonna be put on an island. So if the guy has requisite strength and size, he may he may be able to hold his own early on sooner rather than later. And um mainly the center position, I'm looking at the uh Jaguar center. He's got about two years left on his contract. So maybe you find a project center 
that maybe you can have up to speed within two years. Yeah, definitely interior O line, interior D line. Maybe even um, do we dare we go back to corner because corner is been, has been a weakness for this team. Yeah. Um, uh, dare we look at corners again and say, oh, you know what? Like at least take one, one more um, in the seventh round. So I mean, I, I I definitely think we should look at corner again because at the end of the day, just making sure that we have not just the depth. Um, but we have the the traits, the the abilities to kind of mix and match coverages, match up with different um, with different teams and offenses. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, right? Like, if we're being honest, this is the seventh round for a team desperate for any modicum mm-hmm. of talent to bring mm-hmm. into this team. Mm-hmm. So why not take a stab at a traitsy premier position sort of player? So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think cornerback is right in line here. Um, to me, I would look at somebody maybe mm. like an edge like Chris Rumpf, mm. who has, you know, maybe some size concerns, See, but I, I think a lot of athletic traits that let you flex them around a little bit. So those are the sorts of guys that I'd be looking for. Definitely. Here. I agree. Yeah, I think guys like him that have, you know, they have that name and they have production, I, I think that he'll go a little sooner. I think a guy, okay, this is a guy who I evaluated earlier. I feel like maybe uh, Shakur Brown out of Michigan State. He was a corner who I wasn't sure how fast he was, um, so I didn't put my stamp on him. But, um, you know, he, he had a ton of turnovers this season at Michigan State. Surprised me when he came out. And I feel like he's not going to test great. But I feel like that's a guy you take a, a stab on late and you go get him. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys had a chance to take him out, check him out. But he makes a lot of plays. He's really physical. Press guy, too. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, you know those, those playmaker guys are guys that I like late. Yeah. You know, the guys who aren't – if he ran a 4-4, he'd be right in the mix with, you know, the top 14 guys or so. But I think at this point, I think Shakur Brown would be a good pick, a Michigan State guy. Um, I really like his game, but just couldn't put my stamp on him, just speed concerns. I'm good with that pick. And we had another – we had we had two in the seventh, right? Yep, we're down to 246, our last pick here. I mean, again, we like we talked about earlier, making sure that – when you look at our D line and our D front being versatile, um, name that pops up to my mind. I don't, I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll last. He, he had a solid week in Mobile, and I was looking at uh, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa, six six and a half, two sixty two. Um, you know, good functional rusher off the edge. But again, we think about we talked about earlier possibly having a um, kind of a NASCAR package with a bunch of long athletic defenders on those third and longs. And he could be one of those designated pass rushers come in. We kick him inside and, and get after the passer. We, we have, um, you know, just a multitude of different rushers, right? To the point we can even pull, you know, when you look at it, we could have different guys lined up, uh, maybe some amoeba defense, guys standing around, moving around, and, and just give the, def- give the offensive line just – uh, headaches trying to figure out who's coming, who's not, who's dropping, who's not, and of course having to deal with so much speed. I, I think that'll be. I think he he'll be a solid pick. Also another edge, Patrick Johnson uh, from Tulane. Um, I, I, he to me he has probably one of the best spin moves, if not the best spin move as a pass rusher in this class. His spin move is ridiculous. Um, so I, I think going with the edge late with, with just some guys with some versatility. You know, you've got a, a couple of names here that you're deciding between. What's which one player would you take, and what kind of separates him from from the other guys in this pocket? As far as who, uh, Johnson or um, Smith, Ellerson Smith. And I mean, I worry that Ellerson might be gone at this point. It um, could be, yeah. But like, if they're both still there, how do you make that decision? Like, let's put you in the mind of a GM. You have one more pick to add to your team. How do you make that decision between two guys left on the board? So Ellerson has to get a little bit stronger, in my opinion. I think you know because he's 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 two hundred and sixty-two. But when you see him, when I was watching, when I was watching him at the Senior Bowl, he he was lean. He was a linear type of guy. Patrick Johnson is more compact. You know, his he got powerful hands, strong hands. He uses his hands well. Um, and I think he holds up probably better early on against the run if we wanted to play him in that role. But again, we're just you know looking at guys you know, for hybrid fronts and different things like that. He's productive. I mean, you know, 
Uh, over his 34 games, he, you know, he had 21, uh, 34 tackles for loss, 21 sacks, 11 pass breaks up, six for, uh, forced fumbles. I think the production is, is a big key for me. I, I like guys, you know, not just to have those traits, but I want to see you put those traits into action and, and be productive, you know, when you're on the field. And like I said, he won't be playing a huge prominent role, but yeah, I, I would probably go with Patrick Jones because at the end of the day, I think about it as well. What if Caleb Vaughn isn't ready to play the run early, you know, even in his second year? I can kick Patrick Johnson in at 255 pounds, that solid uh, compact frame. He hands he he stands up well on the edge and sets the edge well, uh, forcing runs back inside. I, I think I would lean with him. Well, uh, that's going to do it here for our fixing the Jags. What are you guys' takeaways here from this team going through the exercise for free agency uh, what we were able to add in the draft. What do you guys think overview now that we've kind of completed this talent acquisition process? I believe it's one of the rare situations. You know, we saw Miami go through it last year. And if you do it right, you can change the 10 to 15 year course of your franchise because it's very rare that you have 75 plus million in cap space, this much draft capital, multiple first round picks, multiple second round picks you have an opportunity here to really knock it out of the park. Take advantage of it and don't mess it up. And that's the beauty of it because there's a good chance they still will. But you just hope that they don't because this is a golden ticket to reboot the franchise. Yeah, and I would I would say um don't try to win free agency. Don't just grab any and all names with no rhyme or reason. You got money and you have draft picks build your franchise don't you're not going to go from one win to 13 wins the next season build your thing build your franchise from the ground up so that way you have sustainability so so you won't be in this position again every year so i would say just just do it right if if have your scheme set find guys that fit your scheme fit your culture and that and that'll give you extra i mean that'll That'll, that'll, that'll help your chances of actually getting your draft picks right if you know exactly what scheme that you draft them for and you know what exactly what type of player that you want. So, yeah, I would just say just um, just don't try to try to build your team. Don't try to make all the headlines and don't try to have more uh, free agents than anybody else. Don't try to win the offseason. Just try to build your franchise. You mean giving Albert Hainsworth $100 million isn't going to do it No, for you? absolutely not. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would, you know, just short and sweet, just be smart with the money. Um, realize how much draft capital you have. Realize what, like, the type of class we have. There's a lot of depth and a lot of premium positions that can really help jumpstart the rebuild. And, again, bring in the, the correct veterans um, at the right price, and this this turnaround could be very quick. Yeah, I think you get to kind of pick and choose your spots a little bit in free agency and bring in the right stabilizing elements to a a franchise that's been woefully short on stability. All right, well, we'll be back next time talking the Jets, number two overall. They've got quite a situation going on there, Um, a lot of turnover in that organization as well. So that's going to be a fun one to dig into. Uh, In the meantime, rate us, review us. Um, leave a comment and maybe we'll get around to, to answering it on Twitter or on another podcast here. Until then, we'll see you next time.